0: For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper.
1: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Before we start today... I want to take a moment uh, to acknowledge the life, the career, uh, and the body of worth of Anne Hayes. A lot of people are commenting about her life and her career online right now, but as you all know, those of you who follow me and those of you who watch my shows, when I say at the end of my shows to reach out to those that you love, uh, it's not lip service. I mean it. Imagine. If a month ago, the outpouring of love that is being shown for her today on social media was being shown throughout Twitter and Instagram with the photographs and everything, perhaps it would have changed the trajectory of her life. And I don't want to start out on a negative note today because I'm all about celebrating and I want to celebrate her life. But I think it's important that we take the time to celebrate each other Instead of waiting until someone passes away, and then everybody cannot wait to get to their computers to go on and start writing about these people. And I've seen people rush to their computers today who I've never seen write anything about her. I've never seen a comment about her. I've never seen anyone comment on her film work. I've never seen anyone talk about any of the work that she's done or anything. But we do this, I don't know what it is in our nature that everyone is so quick to reach out to do those things after someone passes away. And we need to take the time to do this each and every day with those that are around us. And uh, that is my lesson for everyone out there today. And um, I hope you can hear this. Uh, what? Yeah, But it's, it's something that I preach, I talk about, and, um, Everyone says, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll get to it next week. This is it, everyone. I went last week and I've talked about this before uh, to see one of my favorite entertainers, Suede. And she talked in the show about how we all uh, think about our lives as something that we're going to do out there. Um, You know, when I get that husband or that wife or uh, the girlfriend or the boyfriend or the new job, or uh, that interview that I really want, or I get uh, 50,000 followers or viewers on my show, uh, my life is gonna be so much better Uh, and this is it. This moment that we have right now is all we have. So let's all take a deep collective breath and let's celebrate what we have right now. And on that note, I want to start out by celebrating. I've got a couple of very good friends waiting in the wings today, and we're going to celebrate National Vinyl Day. Uh, Vinyl records, that is. Uh, Get your minds out of the gutter, a few of you. Um, I love vinyl records. I miss the days. Don't you miss those days of going into a record store and going through the bins? And there was something, it wasn't just that, round album it was the artwork it was everything that went into putting that out there when you would hear about a new album that was coming out you could not wait for that album to come out and i heard on the news this week that a new library has opened in brooklyn it is a vinyl library where you can go and you can actually check out vinyl albums Uh, You can check them out. You can bring them back. And it is just an amazing thing because I love albums. I want to talk about uh, two vinyl albums uh, that helped shape my life. Uh, I've got a stack of them sitting on my desk right now. But the first one is the very first album that my parents bought for me, uh, which, and one of my guests tonight, we're going to uh, today uh, talk about that, uh, which Shaped my life. You know, I grew up, uh, those of you who know me, uh, as a product of 1960s and 70s television. And part of that product, being a product of 1960s and 70s television, was the fact that every year I lived, I ate, that I breathed, I could not wait. I, the anticipation of waiting every year for the Wizard of Oz to be shown on television was something that I just could not wait for. I was eight years old, those of you, again, who know my story, when Judy Garland passed away. And I, I mean, it nearly killed me. I was so upset by this because my eight-year-old mind thought that because she was gone, the Wizard of Oz would never be shown on television again. So I was very upset about this. So you'll never imagine the excitement when my mom came home one day with this album, the best of Judy Garland. I still have it, you know, and it was a double album and it opened up, it talked about her career. I still have this. This was uh, the first album that my mom ever bought for me. And it was all about the early DECA recordings that she recorded at MGM. So this was the very first album. And then years later, I moved to New York. And again, those of you who know me, um, I will pull a a photograph. Bear with me. Um, I spent a few years of my career performing around the world as Carol Channing. Uh, here I am with Carol uh, when she came to see me perform. And that's uh, Glenn photo photobombing in the background. Uh, but I used to go before I found a lot of albums and I would go to Lincoln Center and I would listen to a lot of albums. And one of the albums that I uh, discovered was an album that I fell in love with. And it was called Carol Channing entertains. Here it is. And this album, again, opens up and it has, uh, you know, a little booklet in it. I mean, these were keepsakes that you would get. And here are photographs of Carol in the recording studio and everything. But one of the songs that Carol recorded on this album was a song called Widow's Weeds, and it was written by Irvin Drake. And so I am on this mad quest to do this song in my show, He was still alive, and I didn't want to do the song without his permission. So one night, I go to the Algonquin. I go to the Algonquin to see Mark Nadler, and who was in the audience but Edith and Irvin Drake? And so the next day, I called Mark Nadler and I said, I would love to get in touch with Irvin Drake. He gave me Irvin's number. I called Irvin, I said, hello, Irvin Drake, my name is Richard Skipper. I perform as Carol Channing and I would love to perform Widow's Weeds in my show. Irvin said, I've never heard of you, are you any good? I said, well, that's something you'll have to ask others. He said, I will, and he hung up on me. He called Mark Nadler, he called a few other people. He called me back and he said, I hear you pretty good. I want you to do this song in your show. Not only do I want you to do the song in your show, but I'm going to write special lyrics just for you. And not only did I do this song, which went on and on and on forever, but he wrote special lyrics for me to do in that song. So for years, I would perform this song in the show. Uh, And Edith and Irvin Drake would always be sitting in the front row and they would bring friends. And you can imagine... Years later, manifestation, whatever you want to call it, there I am performing one night with Edith Drake, Irvin Drake, Carol Channing, all sitting in the audience as I am performing Widow's Weeds. So I've got two very special friends waiting in the wings tonight. I'm going to bring them on. I'm going to bring them on together tonight. Uh, The first is Connor Grant. Uh, who has a birthday on Sunday, and Connor has a show called The Garland Gab. Uh, all of June, I devoted all of my shows to Judy Garland, and I brought uh, Connor and his cohorts, which we're going to talk about in a moment, on our show to discuss uh, Judy Garland and their podcast and how this came about, and they returned the favor. And they brought me on their show to discuss one of my favorite episodes of the Judy Garland show. And that was the episode with Liza Minnelli. And not only do we have Connor on the show, but we also have Charlotte Lebov on the show, who has her own uh, YouTube, uh, well, Facebook channel. Uh, is it a channel? or No,
0: it's a Facebook group.
1: It's a Facebook group. It's, Facebook called-, group. it's called, let's all do it together, Sing Out! And uh, it's all about uh, just celebrating each other, spreading the music around, whatever. And uh, Charlotte, you do such an amazing job spreading the music around. So I'm thrilled that both of you were here today. And um, let's start with you, Charlotte. What was the very first album that you recall ever getting? Did I, did she freeze? I think I stunned her. I I I think Jones in (laughs) Little Abner. Uh, Charlotte, if you can hear me, uh, you may have to leave and come back. She has. So Connor, I'm gonna ask you. Okay. You are the youngest one here. (laughs) Do you still get albums or do you get CDs? What is your story?
2: If I am going to buy music as opposed to stream it on Spotify, it's the album, like the vinyl album I will buy now. Um, it's had such a resurgence over the last, yes. I don't know, maybe five years, give or take. Um, and now, I mean, I never thought I'd see the day. Like I grew up with vinyl, like my my mother, my father all had vinyl, you know, and I kind of came around at a bit of a funny time when, we were transitioning from vinyl to, it was cassette tapes, really, I had growing up and, and CDs kind of were, you know, in there. And then as I got older, vinyl started coming back. So, But I never thought I'd see the day when I could walk into a shop and buy a brand new sealed vinyl album. But I love it.
1: So I want to explain to everyone your accent. Uh, Connor lives in New Jersey uh so uh this is a no <laughs>
2: you're noisy.
1: you are way across the pond right now yeah. uh you're in Ireland aren't you I'm in Ireland and I am in indeed. Ireland yeah. and it's 10 o'clock your time there
2: it is yeah and we're having a heat wave at the moment which we are not used to so we're all we just don't know how to cope
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we just got through it uh and uh it, it's broken right now. And hopefully, I mean, for the next seven days, it's going to be in the low 80s. So okay. it's going to be very, very nice. Um, so, our, I mean, for a while, we had Tower Records here mm-hmm. in the States. Did you have Tower Records there or an equivalent thereof?
2: I'm not sure um, of the chain stores that we had. What I more remember is the local We had kind of local shops that 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 were the music stores. Um, There there is a there is now a chain store called Golden Discs, but they're kind of dwindling now because of streaming as well, which is such a pity. Because what you were saying earlier about going into the shop and looking through the physical at the artwork, even if it's a CD, like there's just something tactile about it more than oh, I'll click on the picture that I, you know, it's so I totally get that.
1: So let's do a real not-so-shameless plug since you are here. Uh, Happy birthday, by the way, again. Thank Um, you. And let's tell everyone about the Garland Gap, how it came about, and how everyone can jump on board. Because I think it is one of the greatest podcasts around. um, For for fandom, Uh, if you are a fan, especially a fan of Judy Garland,
2: everyone has to jump on board. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, we, um, we, it, was, it was in during the pandemic we were formed. Um, there's, there's three of us. There's myself, Sarah Westhead and Carly Jade, and we're very multinational. I'm in Ireland, as you said. Sarah's in in, in England and Carly's in Canada. Um, and I suppose we came together over our shared love of the one and only Miss Judy Garland. Um, it came about on the back of a, a university project that Sarah had done, uh, which was kind of a standalone podcast that we did, kind of as a project, and then we thought, you know what, maybe this might actually work. You know, what if we get together and we talk about Judy Garland, but focus on the achievements, the 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 career, the movies, the 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 legacy that has been left to us, rather than tabloids. You know, exactly we are uh we're we call ourselves a podcast, but we're kind of a video podcast so we're we're on youtube um we we can be watched on youtube we are on Spotify as well to listen to us uh and we're on all the usual uh social media channels if anybody would care to give us a follow.
1: Well, I'm all, as you know, those who follow me know that I'm all about celebrating artists and their body of worth. And it's the same theme with you. I love the fact that you're not talking about the tragic side of her. Um, Everyone knows it's there. We all have our tragic sides. If if anyone sees me at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, when I can't fall back to sleep and I'm thinking about... Uh, the next interview and what's going on. You know, we all have those moments. Uh, But uh, when you all decided that you were going to get started, what was the light bulb that went off for all of you? And what was the first moment? And if it was anything like me that first time, there must have been a little bumbling in the dark.
2: Um. Mm. So the first podcast we did, like, was never meant to be, I suppose, shown or broadcast. Um, but we were very lucky to have the incomparable John Frickey with us on on that very first podcast, the one that was as a as a project. Um, and I suppose we that first one was about debunking a lot of the myths out there about Judy, and that was the catalyst, I'd say, for it. Um, And then we got together and we thought, what are we going to do? So now we go through, you know, each episode of the television show. Your one was number three with Liza. Um, We go through the movies, but we focus on um, the achievements of it. We, I mean, we acknowledge whatever else needs to be acknowledged. It happened. We're all human, as you said. And if you saw me at three o'clock in the morning, I think I'd be the exact same. (laughs) But the difference is, I suppose, we all have our bumps in the road, but not our bumps are not front page news on the, on the papers or social media. you mentioned social media with, with with Anne. I'm not very familiar with her her body of worth, um, but you're absolutely right. you know anything that happens to us is not suddenly discussed or whatever dissected by everybody.
1: It's not the same there as it is here in which. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, front page
2: news, with uh, with no, no. Uh, do you know, it's interesting because the Irish press, I would say, are not too bad. I suppose the the Irish newspapers, press wise, would be very kind of factual, and it would be um, broadsheet, the big ones. Does mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be that type of thing. The tabloids is a little bit more of a British thing, an English thing. Um, now they filter their way over here. Um, so, yeah, like it does happen. You'll see the headlines of, of such and such a thing. But I, to be honest, I don't really buy the newspapers or pay much attention to them, you know. Um, there was a very famous, um, I suppose, um, I won't say incident, but a, a very big thing that was being discussed over uh, a lady called Caroline Flack, um, who was a British uh, TV presenter um, who, she, she took her own life. Oh. Um uh, to do with online, I suppose, bullying and abuse and a whole lot of different things and all of that. But in the wake of that, there was this whole kind of be kind movement, hashtag be kind movement. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, we had all that and yet there are still people that are getting unfairly criticized or attacked or whatever on social media. It's very, it's very good, but it's very dangerous in other ways.
1: Well I mean Charlotte, I think is making her way back, so we'll bring her back here and we'll get to you in just a second, Charlotte, and hopefully you will not disappear again. but I want you bring up a very interesting point, Connor, and I want to bring this up as well. Um, our political scene, which is off the charts here in the states, um, is it picked up as much in Ireland as, uh, as it's too much for us. Do you get a lot of that in Ireland as well?
2: Um, reporting on your political side is this theme? Mm-hmm. It Yeah, it is. Um, probably not to the same degree as it would be for yourselves. Um, our, I suppose, national... We're a very small country as well. So our national uh, TV station is called RTE, which mm-hmm. is actually Gaelic for Radio and which is Radio uh, Television Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, they they would deal with the, the the news, you know, the evening news. And yes, if, if there's something big like... I suppose going on in America, um, there is a Washington correspondent that, that generally reports live from Washington as to what's happening. We saw the coverage live of the January sixth. Right.
1: Well, you, you bring up a very interesting point. Um, you know, just yesterday, um, a young man went into the FBI building in Cincinnati uh, with an AR-15 and a and a nail gun. Um, with the intent of killing uh, because of what he had been instructed to do um, by his political leaders Uh, and the unfortunate thing is there are a lot of impressionable minds out there who listen to this stuff and then they follow through with this. Um, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday um, and, and I You know, my dear friend Rose Apuzo is watching. Uh, We were discussing this this morning. We are not, none of us are responsible for what anyone else does. But we are all responsible for how we respond to it. And we all have to take responsibility for what we post, what we share, and what we, uh, you know, disseminate out into the world, you know, what we're putting out there. So, you know, it's very, very important. So I think it's very important with the work that Charlotte does, with what she shares on social media, and the work that you and your team are doing in terms of celebrating the positive side of Judy Garland. So I applaud both of you for the work that both of you are doing. So thank you for that. Thank you. So uh, uh, again, Charlotte, when I get uh, going to get to you in a second, but I want to bring up a photograph here because I did ask you, Connor, uh, for this, and there you are with your selfie. Um, so this album was this? Is this your favorite album of all time? And oh, if, I, what is it about
2: this album? Uh, yeah, I would say it is my favorite album of all time. It's actually the first album final album I ever got. My dad bought it for me. Um, we we well, it's closed now, but we used to have a local uh, secondhand record vinyl uh, shop here, um, and my dad bought that uh, for me. And it was actually the first time I, I I can't remember how old I was. I was definitely young because when the overture started, I remember thinking, "What's this? I don't even know what the Why is Judy not singing? I don't. I didn't understand even that there was an overture on it." Um, but yeah, it's it's the first album I heard outside of, I suppose, like The Wizard of Oz or Meet Me in St. Louis. It was the first time I was ever exposed to adult uh, Judy and even however old I was, 8, 9, 10, whatever. You know, it comes through the, the needle, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> and Charlotte, I, I want to talk to you for a moment. Uh what was the first album? I asked you this before, and then you disappeared. I think I studied yeah, the science. Into the
0: e- literally into the Ethernet.
1: Yes. What was the first album that you recall getting?
0: Okay. Well, I think when I was um, a teenager, I was one of the many subscribers of the what was it, the Columbia Record Club, where you like gave a penny for 10 albums. It was the most exciting thing in the world. And of course, Broadway cast albums were my favorite. And I believe it was Flower Drum Song. That was my very that was my very first album. I can see it in my mind's eye and of course, I can see West Side Story. And interestingly enough, um when I think about albums of my past, my father was a big John Philip Sousa fan, and I can see the that album cover too. And I think that's one of the magic of vinyl is that is those big, colorful like that um, that Carol Channing album that you showed at the beginning, Richard. That's unbelievable. I mean, that should be on a wall. The the this was artwork. It was and, artwork. Yes, that, you know, that I think that is absolutely part of the whole the magic that um, vinyl still holds for us.
1: So I have to ask you, Charlotte, I, you and I are pretty much in the same age range. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you um, did you get in trouble with the Columbia House? Because I, I, don't,
0: did. I don't remember. I know people did. I, I know a lot of people did because, you know, they lured you. They lured you with that. With that
1: offer, uh, let but me explain to you, Connor. And to I don't
0: remember.
1: Are, um, you would get these things. They were uh, in inserts in magazines, in newspapers. Uh, y- you could miss them, and it was a, uh, it was Columbia House, and uh, for a penny, they would say you could get up to like fifteen albums, and of course it was a ruse to get you to start buying albums. And once you signed up and they got a sense of like nowadays, um, all I need to do is to say out loud something that I like and my device, I will not mention the name picks <laughs> up on this. And then I start getting ads on my computer. Uh, I don't know if this happens with both of you, yeah, but of it course. happens to me all the time. And, uh, then all of these, uh, all of a sudden, albums started arriving at our house uh, at a very fast rate. It was like every day albums were like, <laughs> and my parents were like, where are these albums coming from? And it was just the wildest thing that I said, I don't know where they're coming from. And of course, I knew exactly where they <laughs> were and trying to stop them was almost, and then you started, the the debt collectors started calling and, uh, you know, and uh, we were going to be sued and everything. And my parents were like, they knew nothing about it. Uh, But I also have a selfie from you, Charlotte. Right. So here's yours. The magical mystery tour. Yep. Wow. The Beatles, the Beatles.
0: And one of the reasons I wanted to um, bring that one on is I think it's a really great um, example of the wonders of albums because, look, you've got a 24-page full-color picture book that came with it. So, you know, it wasn't just an album. And a lot of albums came with inserts and special, you know, special features. Um, So you were really, um, you were really getting a whole art form
1: for your money amazing so i am going to give away an album today um and i'm going to let our winner uh pick uh and the word that i picked um you know and it has it's a a little it's a double-edged sword um actually the word that i picked because i've been thinking a lot about it and um Actually, I'm going to change this because that's not the word that I wanted to use. so don't no one pick that word. I'm changing this very quick quickly. That was a word that I used the other night. So the word that I'm using is equality. because to me, um, music is an equalizer. You know when I went a couple of weeks ago to see Linda Clifford. Um, do you know who Linda Clifford is, Connor? She was a disco queen, and she had a big hit. I interviewed her on the show, so look her up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did an interview with her. Uh, She had a big, big hit uh, with If They Could See Me Now, uh, which was a surprise hit for her. It surprised her more than anyone. And her and Martha Wash and, uh, you know, it was a whole evening of disco music and it was at Joe's Pub here in New York. And I felt, it had been a long time since I had gone out and felt that kind of energy in a room. Everyone was up, everyone was in a good mood. And I looked around this room, and it was shortly after another mass shooting in the city. And I looked around this room and I thought, what happiness was in that room for a moment. That hour and a half, everybody was together. Everybody was listening to the same music. Everybody was there because of their same love of the same artist. And that's what music does. And it has this equalizing factor. And of course there are things behind the scenes that we find out as time goes on that are not always as fair as we assumed and thought they would be. But I wanna get your thoughts both each of you on what music does for you as far as the quality, uh, and we've lost her again, and hopefully she'll be back, Um, but Connor, you, um, the experience of being in an audience, sharing in the mass uh, experience of whether it being in a, in a, a theater, a concert, what that experience is like for you, sharing uh, the music of one singular uh, artist or a group of artists creating the same music
2: you know I've always been drawn to live concerts um, even if I even if I was going to buy or watch something of a particular artist I like to even watch the the live recording of their concerts there is just something about that live experience and even like when I was 18 I asked my parents for tickets to Barbara Streisand on her on her tour here uh, you know so <laughs> from whatever age I've always enjoyed the live and luckily a lot of big names and legends have have, have come here between Barbra Streisand we, my dad and myself went to see Tony Bennett um so there there absolutely is there's something but can I just say that the I don't know if you've noticed even, I suppose, in theatre um, settings, the, the etiquette seems to have disappeared a little bit when it comes to these events. Because what annoys me a bit, and the most recent big concert pre-COVID that, that I'll we saw. i respond to that in a moment. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the most the the, re, the most recent big concert I saw pre-COVID was was. Her Highness share, um, oh. And her, her tickets were not cheap, let me say. I
1: went, I know, I know.
2: Yeah, uh, it was the, the Mamma Mia, the Year I Go Again yes. tour. Yes. Um, fabulous. But, like, the seats where we were sitting were €120, Euro, and so there was two of us, so €240. Euro. Um, I couldn't understand that people have paid this money to wander in and out to get more drinks, sit up, stand or stand up, sit down, and then sing along with Cher. And I'm like, hold on, this is not a sing-along. I haven't paid 120 euro twice for two seats to hear you badly sing Believe. I want to hear (laughs) Cher sing.
1: (laughs) You know, but unfortunately, that's the experience that people have when they go to a concert now.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Am I, is that bad? I don't know. I think that what you the experience that you
1: desire going to a concert is very different from what the mm. average concert goer wants now. And I've experienced that too. I, I mean, I went, when I went to see Barbara Streisand for the first time, uh, that I was seeing her live for the first time was, it was her first big comeback concert and it was at Madison square garden. Mm. And a friend of mine was working for Rosalind kind and was able to get excellent seats for us Mm -hmm. at a very reasonable price for us, even though they were expensive seats and we were 12th row center. And Mm -hmm. we were, so we were, there was a, a gap between our seats and the seats in front of us. So they made an announcement that no one would be seated after the show started. If only because what's going on outside the performing arena is the barbara boutique is going on so people are buying their barbara mugs they're buying their barbara uh posters their barbara albums everything so the concert starts the overture is starting and this group of people come in and they sit down in front of us and they're, they've they got their bags, their everything. And I just wanted to immerse myself in the music. And I am sitting there and I'm not ashamed to say I'm crying because I, it was an emotional experience for me. Yes. A dream come true. And of course, at that time, I never thought I would ever have the opportunity to see her again, although I did see her many times after that. But I thought at that time, that would be it. So I am sitting there. And then after she finishes singing her opening song as if we never said goodbye. And this guy says, I'm gonna go get a hot dog. Does anybody want a hot dog? And he starts taking hot dog orders from the rest of his group. And everybody is like, well, I want mine with relish. I want mine with sauerkraut. I want mine with mustard. And (laughs) excuse me, they're being very loud about this. And I am sitting there uh, not believing what I'm seeing and experiencing. And so he goes, and once he left, I thought, good, it's gonna be quiet. But then he comes back and there's the whole getting it to the right people. So that's all going on. And as that's all going on, excuse me, um, uh, and then, during intermission, I went over to him and I said, "I please, I do not want to be rude at all, but I paid a lot of money for these tickets and I having trouble hearing her because of all the uh, noise that's going on here. And his response was, well, we paid a lot of money too. We can do whatever we damn well please. And I said, well, if you don't think she can hear this, you're mistaken. And he said, she's getting paid a lot of money. She can deal with it. And it all boils down. And this is the unfortunate thing that we have created. Not only, obviously, it's happening everywhere. I thought it was an American issue. But what we have created is a sense of entitlement. Oh, yeah. And so when people go to a concert or a show, it's all about their sense of entitlement. And I mean, it's the same thing with COVID vaccines. It's with uh, how to react going into a restaurant, uh, standing in line. What happened to thinking about your neighbor, thinking about the people in front of you, thinking about the people behind you and how it affects them, yeah. Charlotte. We're talking about protocols and concerts. And uh, oh, yes,
0: yes. That's a good topic.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts?
0: Well, um, I agree with you that um, I think I think it ties into what we've talked about before, which is the end of civility. Yeah. That um, that people don't want any rules and they want to do exactly what they want when they want to do it. And, um, and like you said, um, nobody cares about their neighbor. You know, I wrote a book about COVID at the beginning of the pandemic and I worked really, really fast because it was, you know, I thought that, I mean, ludicrously in retrospect, the book was published in July of 2020. I had gotten my um, manuscript out in, in, in May, and I thought that we had missed the whole window. Because in my mind, I thought that once the vaccines were distributed, everybody would just line up and everything, and the pandemic would be over. Of course, that was just the, you brought that up. Vaccinations—that was just the beginning, and we really saw that people really didn't care about their neighbors, and they didn't care about their neighbors' kids. Um, they you just know, rightfully a... wanted to do what they wanted. I and the said... mask Oh, go
2: ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, I cut across to you. And the mask wearing people. I'm not wearing a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. Well, it, it's for everybody, you know. Yes. Um. There is, we have a neighbor uh, who has uh, a
1: flag hanging in front of his house, and it's a very offensive flag uh, with an expletive on the flag about our current president. And uh, I called our town supervisor, who is of a different political persuasion than I am, and I said to her, if he had a, you know, anti a Biden flag or a pro-Trump flag, I wouldn't have any objection to that. Um, It's the language that's on the flag. When there are children standing in front of his house waiting for the school bus every morning, and this is what they see every morning. I've lived on this street for 31 years, and I've never seen that kind of hatred on my own street. And I said, and it saddens me. And I said, and I obviously I don't think that this is what you want representing your party. And she said, absolutely not, but it's the fringe element. It's the squeaky wheel that gets the attention. And, uh, and it, it's a sad state of our affairs that we've gotten to this point that that is what will get the attention. And it's very, very sad. But anyway, we're gonna, uh, I've, I've got some fun questions. There, there are some other holidays today and I've got my check-a-day calendar and yeah. I can't go through <coughs> these holidays. I'm getting choked up. Um, so today is also in addition to uh, Vinyl Records Day, it's Baseball Fans Day. So Connor, are you a baseball fan?
2: We don't have baseball. <clears throat> Excuse me. We don't have baseball here. We it's have a game.
1: No But didn't baseball, uh, did it start in Japan? Wasn't it very big in Japan? Am I wrong? Somebody's going to correct me.
2: I don't know. Was it? We have a game called Rounders, uh, which is like uh, baseball, but I think the rules are different. But the basic idea is the same of hitting it and running around, but I don't know the difference in the rules. What about you,
0: Charlotte? Are you a big baseball fan? Yeah, heck, New York Yankees. I grew up in New Haven. I
2: mean,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, there's a fame, we have a family story that my aunt Zelda, who passed away at the age of 101, actually saw Babe Ruth play and unfortunately looked away when he hit his home run. Oh, you, you, you snooze. I, you're uh, right? So wow. That's, that's, but, yeah, no, anything that involves, you know, Cracker Jacks and and, and going out and, and a family activity, you
1: know, when I was a kid,
0: sure, absolutely, I was right there.
1: Wow. Well, uh, today is also uh, IBM PC Day. So, Charlotte, are you an a, a PC person or a Mac person?
0: Well, you know, I hate to malign Apple because I've gotten kicked off twice of this broadcast. Not by me though, everyone. So it's Dell, it's Dell, I use Dell.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what about you, Connor?
2: Apple, all the way Apple, love Apple. Apple,
1: I was always a PC person, but I, I converted to Mac, which I love, although I have had issues. Uh, but uh, I am very happy with it. Uh, Connor knows because the day that we did the show, yeah. uh, it was the it was the first day that I was with a temporary computer. And uh, God bless your patience everything <laughs> that could go wrong went wrong.
2: Do you um, remember Max, the the big ones in in the different colors that were see through?
0: Oh, yeah. the the raspberry and the blue, yeah. the, tur- the turquoise blue. We had everything. Do you remember when, God forbid, a fatal error occurred? Do you go back that far where you had a little, you had the little thing of dynamite? Yes. That, Not that the you knew knew it
2: was <laughs> all over. <laughs> had the blue screen of death but on the, the blue PC. Screen of death. Yeah, yeah. Oh
1: my God, that was a nightmare. An absolute nightmare to get that. So um, it is also National Julianne Fry's Day. So, julienne fries. Yes, yes. Like French fries, yeah. julienne fries. Yes. Huh. Oh, oh, wow! Well. It has yes. a special day.
2: Yes, it has. Not a special... just
0: French fries. No, no, julienne
2: French fries. fries. Yes. yes, I love it. I'm going to confuse you both completely now because do you know what we call French fries here.
1: Well, now this is a big day at Mar-a-Lago because it's National Kool-Aid Day.
2: Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So bad. Uh, I don't even remember the last time I had Kool Aid.
0: I probably had it at ba- a baseball game.
2: Uh, 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 Connor, do you? Do Sorry. no, we did, but because I, I, I was in Florida uh, about twenty years ago, and I have a vague recollection of this grape flavored. Is that like a powder thing that you yes. put water into? Okay, that was it.
1: But I, I, I have not had that. My we. It was always and it was always grape. It was always grape Kool Aid when I was growing up. For whatever reason, um, this is something I am definitely not. It's National Middle Child Day. Ah. <laughs> Are either of you a middle child? Yeah, I'm the youngest. I'm the oldest. Connor, I'm an only child. You're an only child, <laughs> so we cover the gamut we'll here. Cover it Except for this the middle child. <laughs> Um, it's National Sewing Machine Day. Mm. Do you either of you sew?
0: Once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away.
2: Uh, I have the so, sewing machine, and I did learn at school, but I haven't done it in a very long time either. I wish that I did, because,
1: I mean, I, I love fashion, I, but I, I don't know the first thing about it. Um, it's also, believe it or not, Truck Driver Day so we acknowledge all the truck drivers but they scare the hell out of me uh when i anytime i'm passing one of those trucks uh my heart races a mile a minute i they just i'm always afraid they're going to fall asleep at the wheel or something it's a phobia of mine and and i full disclosure i don't drive do you drive charlotte
0: well, yeah, I. but I'll tell you, I had a driving phobia. I didn't learn until I was like 25. And oh. then you just couldn't get my hand off a driving wheel after the driver's wheel after that. But I was terrified. I was terrified to learn. Well, thank how to God drive.
1: I've got Danny because I, I live in the country, but I don't drive. I've never driven. And Tony Bennett did not drive. Did you know that? No. So that's something Tony Bennett and I have in common. But
2: I
0: mean you spend so much time in New York, you didn't have to drive. I mean, that's the city you can live in where why have a car? Yeah. You know?
2: You couldn't pay me to drive in New York when I saw the traffic there. (laughs) I couldn't. First of all, I'm at the other side of the road for me, so I'd be lost. But the taxi drivers, my goodness.
1: It's World Elephant Day. Oh yes, no and you. Uh, and God willing, I am. If everything goes according to plan, uh, I am going to Africa <laughs> for my 62nd birthday. I was scheduled to go for my 60th birthday uh, with Lucy Arnaz. And, wow. Yes, and uh, it got postponed and it got postponed again. So I hope it's going to happen. And this is something for all of us here. It's International Youth Day. There you go. Yes. So this is my random question today, and I've saved it for now. And uh, Charlotte, I'll start with you. Uh, would you rather save money or save time?
0: Um, say, save time.
1: Okay. Well, I, hired-
0: no, I mean, I, I made that decision a long time ago, I think, when I hired a cleaning person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: and I said um, I will give the money. Um, but I want to do the time spend the time doing doing something else.
1: Yeah, I well, I have a cleaning lady, uh Rosa. I love her, love her, love her. She comes here every other week. Uh not every week, just she comes every other Monday. And uh she's she's just absolutely wonderful. I'd be lost without her. So that's one expense that
2: it's worth it. And what about you, Connor? Money or time? I think for, at the moment I'm going to say money because we have we've just bought a house. Hopefully, it's closed in the end of this month. And as we know, that's a bit of an expensive thing. So I think for the moment, my answer would be to save money. <laughs> okay. And
1: this is a uh, a, a task for uh, both of you. Um, how can you create more space to be more vulnerable? So, Connor, you've just bought a new house, so you are creating more space. Uh, how does that make you more vulnerable? Oh my goodness.
2: Um, I suppose it's the first house myself and my partner have bought. We, we have bought together. That's vulnerable to begin with, I suppose, isn't it? Absolutely. That's,
1: how long have you and your partner been together?
2: Six years, but uh-huh. so, like, I mean, that's you know. It's not, we're not strangers, but at the same time, buying a house is, it's a huge. We've been
1: together 32 years and we're still strangers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I
1: always say to him and I say it to his face. I said, when the day happens and hopefully not for a long time and he passes on and he gets to the pearly gates, St. Peter is going to meet him at the gates and he's going to say, here's your purple heart. Yes, because he puts up with a lot with faith and he is a saint. Yes, my mood swings, everything.
2: Yes, yes. Well, luckily I'm a good cook, so I think that's, you know, he's done well that way. Well, we both are, so that helps.
1: And what about you, Charlotte? Can you
0: repeat the question? Yeah,
1: the question is, uh, how can you create more space to be vulnerable, to be more vulnerable?
0: I don't know. Um, I think it's by possibly spending more time with fewer people. And um, relating to them on a deeper level. I think that, you know, because um, You know, I tend to have a lot of friends and I tend to do a lot of things and I tend to be very busy all the time. And that can be looked at sort of as a defense thing, too. So I think it would be to do less of that and spend more time, but more meaningful time
1: with fewer people. Yes. It's a good question, Richard. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlotte, what is the worst thing? Uh, No, I'm going to change this. What is the best thing that you've ever said to your mother?
0: Um, I mean, I don't think I I still to told her I loved her as much as I should have, um, but I did always tell her how proud she made me. Um, That's good. That's good. And so I think, um, I think I tried to do that by kind of showing her off because she was a pianist and a phenomenal pianist and singer. But there's probably a million things that I, that I wish I had said, which were, would have been best things.
1: That's the theme today, everybody. Um, Connor, what is the best thing your mother ever said to you?
2: What's for you won't pass you. What was
0: that again?
2: again? I don't know if you have this saying. um, It's kind of an Irish saying. So what's for you won't pass you. Wow! wonderful. Yeah, so if something doesn't work out this time that maybe you hoped it was going to work out the way it, it was, maybe it means there's something better on the horizon for you, or maybe it means the thing you hoped was going to work out would have been bad for you in some way. So... Wow! Oh, I love the great right will happen. Wow! And Charlotte, going back to the
1: previous question for you, uh, name three things that you need to throw out, but you have been avoiding. Only three. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone for more, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: everything. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, you know when I was when I was racing around looking for my ether cable. The reason I couldn't find it was because I have a good friend who does my organizing for me who makes me throw out things. So I'm just kind of, but I know there has to be a lot of things around here. Um, I just can't, you know, think think of them. Oh, well, I would say a lot of the clothes in my closet that, um, you know, I have many, many, too many of those, but I sort of can't bring myself to get rid of them. Um, I have a lot of little knickknacks and things like this, you know, mm-hmm. that I could get rid of. And um, probably a really, really tattered nightshirt that I like to sleep in that, you know, should have been it's gone been a long time it's ago. Things,
1: isn't it? I mean, there are things and Danny goes, why are you holding on to that? And I go, well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connor, what are you up to uh, in the next 30 minutes after tonight's show?
2: I am going to brush my teeth and I am going to go to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As I said, early. It's, it's late for you
2: there. It is almost 11 p.m. for me, uh, and um, yeah, I was working today, so it's been a long day for me, but a pleasure to be here, so I'm very happy. I'm
1: thrilled that you're here. Um, And Charlotte, what part of your day today, uh, what part of your day-to-day life desires the most patience? Hmm.
0: Um... I think it just all desires more patience and <laughs> everything that I, you know, that I'm doing more, you know, I'm, I'm just, a, I seem to be a victim of this, um, you know, um, you know, just not paying enough attention to things too, too short, too short attention span, you know, I've bought into all of that. So I just have to, have more patience and not pick up my phone and start texting and, and listen to what people are saying.
1: Great. So I'm going to ask two more questions and then we're going to do the giveaway. Uh, so, Connor, what is the most rebellious thing that you've ever wanted to do
2: but haven't? Oh, that ha- that I haven't done. I've often toyed with the idea of, of getting a tattoo because I've never gotten a tattoo. I don't have any. And sometimes if the mood strikes me, I think I'm going to go and get a tattoo. And then I think, no, I won't. But <laughs> it's there. It's floating in the well, background. Someday I'll tell you the story about my tattoo. Okay.
1: <laughs> so Charlotte, uh, what was the worst thing about today in your mind prior to uh, excluding the- <laughs> there were so many. And what was the best thing about today?
0: Uh, the worst thing in my mind was when I realized that the show was at five and it was 10 of five. And I thought it was, I had an hour more to get ready. And the best thing was when I clicked on and everything worked and we won't. And then we know what happened after that.
1: <laughs> so, uh, uh, my friend Doug McAllister says to get the tattoo. So, if you were to get the tattoo, what would you get? Ah, now I have thought about it. it just- I know what it's going to be. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I knew exactly that you were going to go there. So, let's do a giveaway and uh, thank you all for showing up. And uh, we'll see who this is going to be. Thank you all for being here tonight, Aaron. I know exactly what to do. Erin, give me a call in an hour. You've got my number, right, Erin? And we'll figure out uh, a nice gift for you. As a matter of fact, you've got to come over, Erin. We'll pick something out for you from my collection. Uh, That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let her pick something out. So anyway, I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, I'm going to remove this for a moment. I want to go back with where I began tonight. Uh, I want to just stop this banner here for just a moment. (laughs) And uh, I want to go back to where I began. um, uh, To these moments of taking the time for one another. Uh, I have lost a few friends over the past year. And uh, I realize, and I'm not being morbid when I say this, um, of how fragile our time on this planet is. Uh, And uh, it's important that, you know, these questions that I asked, there's a theme, believe it or not. Uh, Material things can be replaced. Uh, It's the human lives and life experiences. I have found that as I've gotten older, uh, and Charlotte talks a little bit about this, uh, of having a lot of friends and those uh, life experiences, having a few friends over for dinner or uh, a game night, uh, which is a fun thing to do, um, are much more exciting to me than uh, another possession. Unless, of course, it's a tattoo that you're going to get. Uh, that's important, too. Uh, and you've got a birthday coming up, Connor. so I think you should treat yourself. I' um, <laughs> Maybe, maybe when I'm 40,
2: maybe 40, or something. No,
1: I think we should do it now. Uh, (laughs) Don't put it off. Uh, But everybody, take the time. Uh, Take the time for your friends. Um, At the end of tonight's show, please go to my YouTube channel, leave a comment about what you thought of tonight's show, share this with your friends. And then I want you to go again to your Facebook friends list, and I want you to reach out uh, to the eighth name that pops up. And reach out with a phone call, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. Connor, I want you and Charlotte to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and I want you both to report back to me about the experience of that phone call. Okay. Will you both promise okay. me that? Yeah. And uh, and I'll do the same thing with both of you when you call me to let me know about that. So, um, Connor, you don't have to call me from Ireland, at least tonight. You can do it tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, uh, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, take the time to do that. Uh, As my dear friend Sean Moniker says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. My heart goes out to Anne Heche's family, her friends, her fans, those who knew her, and those who are truly grieving today. Those who are truly grieving, who who knew her. I love all of you, and I truly mean it. And Aaron, call me later, I can't wait to talk to you. And uh, I'm gonna leave the screen now. And uh, Charlotte, as I always say, if you're gonna go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along, okay? So it's all yours. And then uh, then when you finish, uh, we'll turn it over to Connor and you'll have the final word, Connor. And uh, when you're finished, don't worry about how to end. The credits will roll and everybody, Keep playing those vinyl records. I love you and have a great night. Goodbye, Charlotte, it's
0: all yours. Okay. Um, I just wanna thank thank you, Richard, from the bottom of my heart for your friendship and for letting me be part of your wonderful shows because they're so, um, the ones like today where we just talk are so thought-provoking that I will be thinking about this experience for a long time. And Connor, have a happy birthday. Get a great tattoo. I have a, actually, I have a friend, I think Richard knows him, who has a wonderful Judy Garland tattoo.
2: Ah. So
0: you definitely are not going to be alone in that theme. And so have a happy birthday. And Thanks Richard, so I just want to thank you very much for being you. Thank you.
2: Uh, I'd also like to thank Richard very much for having me on his show again. Um, like Charlotte said, I've enjoyed that this is just very chatty, uh, getting to know everybody. Um, we mentioned social media uh, earlier, and I suppose this is one of the more positive sides of it, um, and maybe even a more positive side of the the pandemic, that I can get to talk to Uh, friends in the US you know uh, while I'm here in Ireland and it's like we're all in the one room Um, so that's really nice Um, I echo everything that that Richard has said and uh, I suppose I'll end on uh, re-quoting my mother in saying that uh, what is for you won't pass you thanks very much bye